For the Peterson Automotive Museum, this is Car Stories. My name is AJ. Today, I am joined by the creative director of Turn 10, Dan Greenewalt. He is the man behind Forza Motorsport, Forza Horizon, uh, possibly, no, not possibly, the greatest racing game you can ever play. You flatter me, sir. Uh, after that, it's um, it's uh, the the one where you had to just uh, pull position. Mm. But then, but first and foremost, it's uh, it's Forza. It's it's a great game. It's I, I was just saying I'm not a gamer, uh, and it's something. Every time there's an expansion, I look forward to it. Every time there's a new game out, I look forward to playing it. It's just if you're into cars, if you're into driving, or even not, even if you're just want to do some donuts out in the dirt, you're. The game is for you. I was at the Xbox briefing today. We saw Forza Horizon 3. You've got the Lamborghini Centenario on the cover. You've got the Ford Raptor Mint Mm -hmm. race car. The game looks incredible. Uh, Let's get into it. Tell us us about Forza Horizon 3 and where it all started. Well, you know, starting off, I'd say that uh, what's great right now about being an Xbox gamer and what's great about being a Forza gamer, a Forza racer, is all the choices you have. So, obviously, today at the briefing, there was announcements around Xbox and Windows 10 PC and games going to both with XPA and cross-play, which means you can play a game between one gamer on a PC and one gamer on an Xbox. Forza Horizon 3 features that. But what's even greater is the options you have as a racing gamer or a car lover. Because you can go into motorsport, and if you're into that competition, you want to like try your hand at Spa in the rain or Le Mans, right? Which is amazing race the 84th running in Le Mans is coming up you can do that in motorsport and then there are expansions the NASCAR expansion the Porsche expansion but if you want to express your car passion by watching the sun go down over a beautiful cliff and really exploring an open world and just drifting around through a city Forza Horizon is great for you there so today we announced Forza Horizon 3 but it's really just bringing a fuller vision of racing to Xbox and PC and to all the gamers that love that kind of thing how difficult, because that seemed to be the main theme was all of these Xbox games. You can play on your Xbox, pause, go play it on your computer. Uh, there's no additional cost. You can play your friend while they're playing on a computer and you're playing your Xbox. And it seemed pretty universal across all the Xbox games. So when that comes down to you guys, when you're, when you're designing the next Forza and they say, oh, by the way, you have to make a computer version, and they've got to be able to work simultaneously online together. How much, how difficult is that for you guys? Well, you know, honestly, work is work. Um, when you've got to do work, you've got to do work. Yeah. Uh, the question is, what motivates you? And what motivates us is building this massive community. So on the Xbox One alone, we've had 11 million players play Forza. It's huge. It's a colossal number of racers. It's the biggest racing community you're going to find in the world. And even during the uh, times like right now where gaming uh, kind of ebbs and flows over the course of a year, we have 3 million players playing in Forza every single month. So to me, the reason that it's exciting to go to PC and Xbox is we can now unite an even larger community. We can bring a bigger group of people together. And that's what drives me to work, well, besides my car. What gets me going to work every single day is that vision of bringing a larger group together. So yes, it's work. Absolutely. Game development's work. And you don't get into it unless you get a lot of passion. And I do <laughs> for bringing people together and 
merging PC and Xbox into one, I love that vision. I love that strategy because it empowers me as a creator to just make broader entertainment for even more people. And now what about the game? Because it's the, it's an open world of racing. It's a whole community of a game. You're, it's, and it's nothing like Forza Motorsport. Hmm. It's, it's not a side game. It's not a secondary game. It's a complete, I would almost call it other genre um, of racing. When you guys are designing these games and you're coming up for the content, uh, how, how, how different is planning an open source or an open world game versus... You know, and especially in a somewhat fictional, you know, you're in Australia, but it's, mm-hmm. you guys aren't going out and scanning the streets, um, mm-hmm. versus when you're at spa or, you know, you're at Daytona where you just have a real track. Well, I think from the, from the top down, I, I think of these as two teams, one code base. I think of this as, uh, also two teams and one vision, right? So two expressions of car culture, but one vision. And the goal is to have our cake and eat it too. We want to have separation. We want to have difference. We want to have uniqueness while having one umbrella over the top that unites them all. So by having one code base with two teams, we're actually able to build features in motorsport that come over into Horizon. We're able to build features in Horizon that come over to motorsport. So we can have a unified car spec, for example, which makes it easier, not perfectly simple, but easier to bring cars from one game into another. We also have great technology to do with particles and foliage and physically based materials and all of that can kind of be made better by one team and then and adopted by the other team which makes things much stronger when you're talking about two expressions of car culture though with one vision that's where things get more interesting because when you're concepting a game you really start with what is the experience you want to build you don't start with the technology per se and so we start with this idea in horizon that this needs to be an open world full of freedom and full of beauty we need customization we need to really explore these ideas and more than anything it's about being expansive i mean even when i talk about it, i feel like i kind of open up it's it's freedom it's fun mm-hmm. it's social and motorsport you kind of like it's the details right yeah. you're in there it's competition that infects every part of the design how the UI looks, uh, how the how we do every little part of the game. It does mean that the world is built very differently. It's an open world game, whereas when you're on a track like Spa, it's fairly linear. And so if you're going to stream your data off of the hard drive, the data that the actual information that you're going to be racing through at 200 miles per hour, we can actually do it fairly linearly on Spa because we know you're either going to go forwards or backwards on this ribbon. When you're in an open world, we actually have to stream differently because we don't know what way you're going to go. You might go left, you might go right, you might even hit a jump and just go straight up. So we have to really change the technology underpinning that, but it all starts with that same vision of freedom, fun, open world, and the like. But this game is huge. I mean, it's Australia, yes, it's two times the size of Forza Horizon 2. It's got 350 cars, it's 150 more cars than the last one. It's got co-op play, which really brings people together. And it also has this feature called um, uh, Blueprint Mode. And in blueprint mode, I can actually make any event with the same tools that any designer at Playground uses. And I can send them to you, and then if you like it, it can go viral. So it means that the community is actually creating the events as they're played by friends in the game. When you guys first started Forza, and correct me if I'm wrong, there wasn't the Xbox Marketplace. There wasn't an Xbox Live. Um, Or it was in its very early infancy. Very early. And now... Here at the museum, as we're recording this, you have 500 gamers uh, who competed, you know, entered to come here and are all very active. And, you know, I ran into you at our last event 
and you are stopped. I mean, you have fans who are, I, both these guys said, I got into cars because of Forza. Mm -hmm. How much are you experiencing that when you go out to these events? Well, I, it's it's weird, right? I'm a normal yeah. guy. Uh, I've got kids and a wife and a family, and I go to the grocery store like everybody else. But when we're at places that are high in car culture, uh, say at Le Mans or, or at Road Atlanta for the Petit Le Mans or here at the LeMay Museum, the number of people who are into Forza and maybe even into cars because of Forza increases. And so I've had some interesting experiences going to Indianapolis and meeting Joseph Newgarden, the professional race car driver who just actually had a really wicked wreck, which is awful. Mm. He got into cars and into racing playing Forza. And, you know, as he told it, he said he started with Forza 2, which makes me feel wildly old. Yeah. Uh, but it's cool having that effect because I believe we are at the intersection of a new generation of car culture. And there's dire statements being made about car culture going away. And I, I believe it's up to us to reignite it, change it, adopt it, and get the new generation into cars. Now, that could be in Forza. That could be here at the Peterson. It's our duty to do that. And in so doing, we're going to make car fans and will of course have an impact on people's lives. But I get a little bit uncomfortable when people, you know, first come up and, Hey, you know, I, I really play your game. I, I'm very thankful. I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. I'm so glad that you play our game. Thank you very much. But I don't think of myself as a public figure. You know, I've got to do some of these events, but at the end of the day, I'm a game creator. I, I just like making games and I like pushing the, the genre forward. Are you active online? I mean, do people mm -hmm. find you out and can race you and play you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I race online. Uh, obviously I'm on Twitter and things like that as yeah. well. So, you know, people do seek me out and, and I like to interact with our fans, the racing, you know, I'm a, I'm an okay driver. I've done the Bonnerant racing school. I've, I've, you know, I can, I can hold my own, but I know professional race car drivers and we have people in our community who are ridiculously fast. I mean, truly gifted drivers and not just in our game in the real world too. So I, I know my place, which is I'm good. I enjoy it. I'm an enthusiast, but I'm no, you know, Tony cannot. There's a reason you're not at India. You're still up making video games. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a little bit more on the engineer side. Um, so tell us more about the game because I noticed it's very off-road centric. You've got a lot of trophy trucks, a lot of Baja stuff. Uh, we have the mint Raptor upstairs. Um, are there, can you get into the genre the plot, the theme, uh, for Forza Horizon three? Well, you know, it's different from previous Forza Horizons from the get go. So in previous horizons, you've been kind of a, uh, an We're upstart. Going to a festival. Yeah, you're going to a festival yeah. and you're kind of a zero. And through winning races, you're going to become the hero of the festival. It's a tale as old, old as time. With Forza 3, you're the boss. So you're actually returning as the festival runner and you're setting up the festival in Australia. So you choose the events. You choose where the venues go. You choose who's racing. You actually hire and fire your friends' drivatars into your single-player game. So your friends are always present in your world racing with you. It's a radical departure for how the single-player kind of plays out. Now, as far as the cars themselves, with 350 cars, the diversity is never-ending. We have barn finds again, which are cars, honestly, some captured here at Peterson that you find in a barn and you pay somebody to restore them and you see them brought back to their former glory. And of course we have sports cars and race cars and hyper cars like the Centenario. And yeah, there is an influence of trophy trucks coming in because Australia does give you these vast sand dunes and these beautiful gorges and these incredible climates to explore. And, you know, it's kind of great to drive around sand dunes in a trophy truck. 
And then is it are you ever finding it harder to come up with more cars because you I feel like you can get a car in the game quicker than Detroit or the world can make a new car. Mm. But are, do you have a team who's just I mean do you have a committee that goes let's get these cars in. Let's let's go find these customized cars. Let's go find this car. Um are you as you're getting more and more cars in are you finding it you got to start looking a little deeper into new cars? Every car poses its own challenges. So obviously you would think, okay, there's a new, let's say like the Fiesta ST launched two years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd think, okay, well the Fiesta, it's a, it's a mainstream car. It's a mass market car. It's made in the United, well, it's made in Cologne technically, but it's made, you know, domestically for the most part, we should be able to find one. But when cars are very new, they're on their own timeline of being completed, the CAD and, and everything to get them actually done. And so we have to partner very deeply with a manufacturer like Ford to actually get in on the ground floor, capturing that car when things become complete. So the outside may be complete as CAD before the inside. Now, then there's cars like here at the LeMay, or I mean here at the Peterson, that are incredibly rare. And to actually go in and, and find these cars is almost impossible. The only place we're going to find them is here at the Peterson, maybe even in the vault. Mm-hmm. So to capture that, you know, we then have to pull out the old rigs, you know, really take photographs and video and get thousands of pictures of it. So that's a, a hunting exercise to go find those cars. And sometimes they're in private collectors. You know, I mean, you would know this all over the world. You never know where you're going to find a car. So it's really different on different types of cars. And we go with new cars as you say but also we go quite often with these older cars i mean you have race cars you have you know new cars from the factory you have classic cars you would see at you know at a concord at auctions can you dive into what have been some of the you know more esoteric cars you guys have had to find of the recent well let's see man we have got some real classics in this game you know, recently we did a Porsche expansion pack in Forza Motorsport 6. And in that expansion, there's some really, really old cars like the old uh, 718, which is just really hard to find. Um, and got to call up Seinfeld. <laughs> right, when exactly. in doubt, you got to call up Seinfeld for it. And, and getting the audio on it, too, because, yeah. you know, we put the cars on a dyno. We put, you know, ex- different mics all over the car to really capture that sound of not just the exhaust, but the intake, the engine, the plenum, you know, really hear all aspects of it. And a car like that, you know, not everybody is really excited to have you throw it on a dyno and rev the engine near red line. Well, there's got to be a lot of you call the owner, they are laughing hang up and then about an hour later they go you know i just talked to my kid yeah you're exactly right (laughs) you why don't you come on down let's have some lunch yeah that that is way too true that happens quite a bit Are, are you getting people offering you their cars are you running into people who who have neat new customized euro tuner cars or Porsches or Ferraris. We do have people who we might reach out to them and say, oh, we heard you have one of five of X, Y, or Z. And once we get in the door, they say, you know, while you're here, you may as well capture A, B, and C over there that nobody even knows I own. And so we end up, you know, finding cars that, oh, wow, we we weren't even hoping to find that. And here it is. We also have people, though, that they, the, yeah, the tuners, exactly. We've got a community that loves this drift car or that tuner car, and they actually don't love the base model as much. They actually love the car for what it can be as a platform to build out, be it stance or, or drifting. And 
we actually like to build it that way. So we'd rather build the pristine car and then allow you to put new wheels. There's a lot more wheels been added into Forza Motor or Forza Horizon, uh, and, and allow you to paint it and allow you to really express yourself with the car. So we try and build the base car, but I'll tell you what, you'd think it's hard to find, you know, a Bugatti Atlantique. You should try finding a stock Supra. Oh yeah. Right. Oh (laughs) no, I'll find you Bugatti's by the end of the day. I can't go find you a a 2000 civic that hasn't been worked on. I mean, (laughs) that's impossible. Um, I I always find the expansions neat because you, there was a time where, and there was a time with Forza when you had this, you went down to Best Buy, you got the disc, you put it in your game, uh, you put in your Xbox and that was the whole game. And eventually you got to the end of the game and that was that. Hmm. And now there's every month you have new cars. Um, you just released this massive, massive NASCAR expansion pack. You have the Porsche expansion pack. Does that make planning the initial game different because you don't have to get everything in on that one disc? You can, I I always kind of think of it like if, if you're a joke writer, you're writing for Saturday Night Live and you have a great sketch doesn't quite fit into the first episode, but you're still working on it. You're going mm-hmm. back and then maybe the third episode it gets in. So something like NASCAR where a team was working on it and it's not, you know, they're not in the initial launch, but do you guys then go maybe in six months we can release this as an expansion? Well, I think there's the ideation behind the experience and there's the content and the relationship itself. So we had been talking with NASCAR for years about what would be the right way to bring a NASCAR experience into the Forza world. Because we really don't want to recreate NASCAR with what it is exactly. And they've had their own games. Exactly. And And those are great. And so we want people to be able to go experience that. But what's Forza about? You know, motorsport, 600 cars. I mean, we're going to be able to do things in spa and rain and, and things like that that no other game could, you know, could conjoin with NASCAR to create. So it didn't actually start with the ideation we started building it. It was really just conversations saying, hey, this is what we like. This is what we're good at. Are you interested in that? And time went on, and eventually we got to a place where we both got excited. We thought, you know, now's the right time. But we didn't have any built, anything built ahead of time. And that's how a lot of things happen, even with the, uh, the GT, the Ford GT race car. We were told early that it was going to be created and it's it's going to be you know really tuned and tooled and made to go to Le Mans. And so we knew about that all along, but we were just waiting for the right time to bring that to our community to really light them up and celebrate Le Mans. So everyone's kind of a different uh, a different thing. Now, with the actual races, because uh, Le Mans will have passed by the time this comes out, but as we're recording it, it's, it's coming up. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting. And the 4GT, which has been you know, embedded into your game. And it is such a, a pillar of Forza Motorsport. Is it exciting knowing that people are going to be racing the game simultaneously while the race in real life is going on in France? I think it's a cool moment of bringing people into that world. You know, Le Mans, I grew up watching Le Mans, obviously the movie, but also just watching the racing. And, and it's just, there's such tremendous heroes there, Tom Christensen and Alan McNish. I mean, there's incredible race car drivers that are just heroes, even of modern day. So I love that we can actually bring that to a new audience that maybe doesn't think about Le Mans as much or they think about sports cars and they kind of came into Ford like, oh, the Ford GT has kind of got me thinking about Ford in a new way. And yeah. Start thinking about racing. Start thinking Or they're about on Le Mans. this track and going, oh, this actually happens? Yeah. This is an event that really comes up? I'm going to watch it. And, I mean, the car is so fast. That, it is. That GT race car is has incredible. The, have you guys looked into what how similar the lap times can be between the game and real life? Thus far, they've been very similar on other cars. We actually haven't had 
great data f- so far because the GT race car is coming in so new, right? So we don't have the the real way of comparing the two, yet we will after the running of the 84th Le Mans because yeah. what we're going to have is millions of players, thousands of laps in our game, and then, of course, 24 hours of data from the Ford Performance race team. So how far down the road is its Forza going? Because it, it seems like these have to be years in the making. And then, you know, Xbox had a an update, the Xbox One S today, and it's bigger hard drive, it's faster. Is there a lot of you guys have ideas, but you're waiting on the technology? Or are you getting the technology and going, oh, now we can do so much more? It's all of those things. Yeah. So we are, Turn 10 is a Microsoft subsidiary, so I'm a Microsoft employee. And as a result, that actually means I'm privy to Microsoft's long-term plans, be that uh, of hardware or of updates and software. And it's not just that. Our team actually informs that. We we see ourselves as stewards of a group of racers and, and of the genre. And so we are always saying, this is where we want to go. And we kind of talk with the hardware team, with uh, other teams about this is where we want to go generally. And they talked about where they want to go generally and we find convergence and that's what helps us make our long-term strategy. But more brass tacks, we tend to be working kind of on three things at any one time. We've got a group that might be making motorsport. They might be making horizon or something like that, that are, that are products that you know, and, and what have you. But we also have a team that's working on just core engine tech and new incubation experiences. And those might be, small gameplay things, or they might be new technologies. They may be just pipelines of how we can get a car more quickly captured and put into our game. But those all have different timelines. You know, Horizon will be launching on September 27th. That's it's pretty close. Meanwhile, we're still exploring and updating Forza Motorsport 6. You know, we did NASCAR not too long ago. We just announced the Forza Racing Championship for eSport. We're doing CUs and more cars. So there's all these work streams happening at the same time. And that's actually a great time, great way of working on this franchise is we don't, we're kind of getting out of the world where it's just about these big releases. I mean, it's what you were asking about with the DLC. But it's, we an, now it's an think ever of it growing as a, community. Exactly. We think about this as a community with products. Whereas you're right, 10 years ago, it was products with a community. Yeah. Now tell me about this championship series because this sounds interesting. Well, you know, we just, we just announced it and there's going to be more details coming in, in July. But for the most part, this is us bringing together a lot of history and legacy we have with esports in general. We've we've done things with Formula E, with Gfinity, uh, MLG, and ESL. Um, Formula E obviously is the FIA sanctioned uh, race body, but yep. the other three are all esports companies, and they bring communities together to do competitive gaming with prizing and the like. We've done in person events. We had a, a Formula E thing that was actually Prost versus Senna you know, racing against our gamers in a giant arena in London. But competitive gaming to me is about bringing people together. So yeah, there's cool events with big name people and that's always going to get headlines. But what's more important to me is getting the 3 million players that play Forza every single month to be more deeply engaged in racing and competition and tuning and painting and becoming part of the community because that's when it gets more sticky. And that's when car culture starts kind of infecting who you are when it's not just something you kind of do, but it's something you think about when it's Mm -hmm. over and you're, you're obsessing about it a little bit. So this is our opportunity to create a more formal structure, a year round ongoing series of seasons that get people engaged. And what I find fascinating and it blows my mind is competitive gaming you now have 17 18 16 year old kids making seven figures Mm -hmm. playing video games and 
you know, racing is not a cheap sport. Uh, there's a very large barrier of entry, and there, unless you're, you know, the Lewis Hamiltons of the world or, you know, the Tony Stewarts, you're not making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. But those guys have the reflexes and they have the coordination that maybe a non-traditional gamer who's a racer could be successful in esports and maybe make a name for himself and make a career. I mean, mm-hmm. do, could you see that happening? Absolutely. And if you think about racing in general, racing has gone through many inflection points over the years. Uh, you know, with F1 and Bernie Ecclestone, we saw a real changing of racing that was done by playboys for playboys. You know, it was really about it was just about racing. It wasn't really about the fan. And with Formula One, you see, you know, the TV and you see fans and you see a real different, a a real shift in how racing was done. Well, that was because it was on the back of the rise of TV, a new technology, a new way of entertaining people. Look at Twitch. I mean, look at this generation that consumes media in a completely different way than uh, they have in the past. That's an opportunity for racing. I don't, I don't see that as a challenge for racing. That's, that's a huge opportunity. And we're, as Forza, we're right on the forefront of looking at that. You know, gamers are primarily the ones that are really using Twitch. And when you look at esports, the same way. And you're absolutely right. You know, professional drivers today, it's a cutthroat world, man. And if you have not got the right ride when you're 20 and then the right ride when you're 23 and then the right ride when you're 25, you cap out and, you know, who knows what happens. And let's not forget the safety. You yeah. now, you can race as hard and competitive as you want without the fear of dying, without the fear of crashing your car. It, it, it I mean, it's something that it's kind of just dawning on me now, but I can't see myself watching a whole bunch of people playing a video game. I've always said, why would I pay to watch people play a video game? I could see myself watching a tournament of racing mm-hmm. of of you have six drivers 10 drivers it's it's forza it's lama it's spa it's open wheel cars i mean it's it's a real it's as real to the real thing as you're going to get and it can probably be just as competitive and just as entertaining to watch and and i do wonder if you're going to see some of i can't i can't see this you know i can't see lebron james doing nba jam uh, or you know, right. or Tiger Woods doing golf. I don't know if you have the exact same coordination to switch over, but I feel like with racing, because it's been proven, you can learn to sort of drive with Forza, with racing mm-hmm. simulators, and racers use simulators most of the time to practice. Mm-hmm. I do, and and gamers have gone on to become racers. I do wonder, and and this is I'm I'm thinking this as I'm saying it. I do wonder if racers are ever going to think they can become gamers uh and make and make because if i was in formula three or you know indie lights and it wasn't looking good for me mm-hmm. and and we might have a plot to a movie here so we got to talk <laughs> after this uh and it wasn't looking good for me or if i you know i broke my leg yep. or i became paralyzed i still got i still got my mind i still got my hands i could probably i could probably do pretty well professionally playing forts on a circuit somewhere right and racing you know it's like we invented the next rollerball i'm telling you we're on we're on on to something big here yeah i I think absolutely you'll see people go both ways yeah Uh, because you're right i mean yes lots of things happen to racing careers promising racing careers and if the money is in virtual 
and they're already comfortable with virtual, especially with the, today's young race car drivers grew up playing video games. There's no dis- difference between them and any other gamer, except for they've also been doing the real life racing. Yeah, I mean, but they already did the the virtual racing as well. You know, the other interesting part about this generally is it's not just there's less danger for the the actual gamer. But also, it's it just levels the playing field. You're right. You don't have to be rich to get into it. You don't need to grow up near a karting track or have parents that could afford these cars. You just need a console. But on top of it, I meet uh, gamers that are you know six five and two hundred and thirty pounds. Yeah, know? I'm not getting into a, a F1 car anytime soon. Yeah, right. Soon. I mean, I go meet the these race car drivers, and I'm like, yeah, you're very fit. Yeah. Oh, oh, they're they're jockeys almost. Absolutely. And that's just not an option for a lot of people who have great reflexes and really understand the physics of a car and can do great practice. So I love the idea of bringing this to more people. I I think we're on to something. My last sort of tech question is how how have you guys looked into VR for Forza because VR is sort of the new buzz tech going on right now. Every you know there's 360 videos everywhere. Um, it, it seems like the technology is here, but there's not, there's not exactly a format for it. You know, it's, it's like we got the segue. We went, oh, that's cool, but what are we going to do with it? So we're getting VR and we're going, this is really cool. We're just not quite sure how to, what to do with it yet. But it seems Forza, it seems racing is sort of a home run for that because you now can, you know, in the game, you can, in the car, you can put yourself in the car, you can use the joystick to turn left, turn right, turn up, turn down. It's very realistic. But now imagine you have headphones on, you have a, an Oculus on, mm-hmm. you're in the car. I mean, you can be in the car as you're racing it. And I imagine that's something somewhat down the line, maybe, who knows? Obviously, I've I've played a lot of VR experiences, and, and some are very compelling. I mean, the playing Minecraft in VR is incredible. When we tend to look at our, our tech roadmap and where we're doing a lot of our investments, you can actually trace a nice line with how we're using the power of the Xbox as well as the Windows 10 PC. We released a Forza Motorsport 6 Apex, which runs at 4K. It looks beautiful. And now Forza Horizon 3 is going to be working on the Xbox One S in HDR. So you're seeing technologies that we're bringing into our engine to really amplify the immersion of that experience. But we're bringing in the technologies that we think are going to be really scaling to bring more people into our tribe and become more car lovers. And that's generally how we look at our our tech investment there in particular is this vision mm-hmm. of creating a larger world for car lovers. So I'm really looking at uh, you know 4K as the next really interesting bit, especially when you add 4K plus HDR. So the PC version of Forza Motorsport or Forza Horizon 3 in particular is going to be on PC at 4K, true 4K, running at great resolutions and great frame rates. Um, I think that's going to be you know, where our investment really pays off to the broadest number of gamers. Well, it's exciting. And it's exciting that Forza Horizon 3 is right around the corner. Um, you know, This isn't something we got to wait three years for. It's coming out September 27th. Uh, Dan Greenwald, creative director for Turn 10, uh, and future racing team owner, Greenwald Gordon <laughs> Racing, virtual racing. Go. I think we got I'm telling you, we are on to something. Uh, everybody, if you haven't checked out Forza, it is the greatest way you can kill some time on your couch and race all over the world where you'll never even dream to go to. Uh, here at the Peterson, we have the Forza Motorsport uh, racing experience where you can come, sit in simulators, 
different tracks, different cars. You can put your own lap time up on the wall like in Top Gear. Come check that out. You can see it at peterson.org. We'll put links to Forza Horizon 3 in the trailer at peterson.org as well. Uh, new episodes every Tuesday at peterson.org and on iTunes. Dan, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Thank you.